increase our understanding today of your holy word open it up to us like never before and we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen and praise god amen praise god so today we're going to talk about the fact that your words control access okay your words control access a-c-c-e-s-s access so that means the you know access means that your words control how things come into your life you can uh, uh, affirm or deny your words affirm or deny certain things so you can say access granted or access denied with your words amen so there are certain things of course we live in a sinful world there are certain things we want to deny access uh, to in our lives and there are certain things we want to gain access to our lives and so those are all controlled with words in Matthew 12 36 it tells us that every idle word that men speak they will give an account of in the day of judgment for by your words you shall be justified or by your words you shall be condemned so your words have great importance in the outcome of your life now you need to know that that words uh, have impact in both the uh, kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and so we we access kingdoms uh, and the treasures that lie within either either to the good or to the bad with our words so what Jesus is saying here there are no meaningless or empty words they all have power and they either affirm or deny access to certain events in our lives. So all words have power. No words are empty. No words are meaningless. No words are vain. He says you're either justified or condemned by your words. So you always want to be justified. You don't want condemnation to come into your life. But it happens through your words. Jesus saying is saying here that we will give an account for our words so we can think of words as being very close to deeds words follow up actions tend to follow up words you know they just really do uh, you know sometimes people are, are good at saying things in a threatening manner well I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that and what they're doing is they're daring themselves to act on their own words those words are often words that that the expression of them uh, are not going to be good if they came to pass you know people will threaten to say like if you're being disobedient parent might lose their patience with you and threaten to spank you or threaten to not give you things or uh, put you on a punishment or something like that and so those words come out in such a way that there's a, 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 a uh, it can go either way as far as people following up on them and I think people use words sometimes to impress others not realizing that they are using them uh, to to advance one kingdom or another or one uh, one side of life or another uh, because oftentimes people who threaten things eventually will carry them out because if it's in your heart to say something oftentimes it's in your 
heart to follow up on that. And so we have to understand how God sees words and, and just gain a new respect for words as a reflection of what's in our hearts and also as a uh, reflection of what we want to see come to pass. So words have great importance to us for many, many reasons. But the main reason is that words are are used to guide our lives. That That is the intent of words. Words come as an expression of what's in our hearts. So we have the ability through Christ to control and regulate events in our lives. So finally you have some measure of control over what comes into your life because of the life of God. When you're just living as a carnal person you have to kind of take what's given to you. You can't pick and choose. You, you think you are but you're, everything's invested in one kingdom. So when you're a sinner... All of your desires, all of your thoughts, all of your dreams are invested only in the kingdom of darkness. When you come into a knowledge of Christ though, he says I give you keys or access to the kingdom of heaven. And so now you have the opportunity to not just draw from one source all the time and kind of take what you can get in life. But now you have the opportunity to draw from God the good things that you want in a pure way. So you don't have to just settle for things anymore when you become a Christian. And so when you become a Christian you start to learn the the rules of the road so to speak for how to get access to God's kingdom and how to regulate and have good things or pleasant things. The things that you really want out of life you understand how to get those coming into your life. Mark 11, 22 tells us. Twenty-four, He says therefore I say unto you what things soever you what desire. So what this tells us is that there is a connection between our words and what we want. And whether or not we believe it will happen. So it's desire, uh, belief and words have to be connected all three of them together in order to receive things from God's kingdom. Words work on desires. Thoughts will come into your head and you think well you know say if it's something like the type of car that you want to drive. A thought may come into your head and say, you know, or you watch a commercial and you know, well, that car looks nice. Oh, I didn't know they could do that and this and it looks interesting. And you find out it's good on gas and the price isn't too bad. And so you, you, a desire for something is created like that. And after that desire is created, then your mind will make a decision to form the words to speak about that. You know, some sometimes you'll say, "Well, something is nice," 
but it's not for me the price is too much or something is nice but you know it it's not nice enough not so nice that I want to commit to it so you have to make a decision on the inside of you how much you're invested in something that has a pleasant uh, kind of pleasant kind of pleasant effect on you you can want like a lot of nice things but you don't want to possess them for yourself you got me uh so there's there's a way that you make up your mind to pull the trigger on things and i think it's because sometimes you get overwhelming evidence that that thing is going to be good for you and you want to possess it and when you have a need or desire for something in your life then that would be the thing that you choose and so it's it's really a matter of convincing yourself that this is the thing for you before you will make a decision that you want it and start forming the words to create that or to make that more real to you people often will speak of their desires as a way of ministering to themselves now people do we do this all the time and and uh it's kind of interesting to me uh, when we when we get a little uh, discouraged with life or get get a little say we don't like the circumstance that we're in, then we'll draw from some pleasant thought or some some pleasant feeling from within and start expressing that as a way of ministering to our souls you know kind of giving ourselves comfort uh for instance people will say things like you know if you've got a car that's a clunker and uh, it just keeps falling apart on you now it's giving you trouble again you say I'm going to trade this thing in and I'm going to get so and so and such and such you know there's always something stored up in our memory bank that's pleasant that we've observed somewhere in life uh, if you see people a nice happy family and they seem to be getting along so well and, and uh, you know it just gives you a nice pleasant feeling on the inside and you'll say that's what I want I want to have a nice family for myself and I want to do this and and this is how desires are created desires are created through observations of things that give us a pleasant feeling on the inside and so when we start to talk about when God talks about what things you desire they will often come from external observations of external things that give you a pleasant feeling it doesn't mean that that they're pleasant all the time or anything like that but the feeling that they conjure up on the inside of you is is a pleasant feeling so words work on desires and if there's something that gives us pleasure when we think about it eventually it begins to work into our value system and we begin to desire that words are forged out of desire so your words put together the things that you want in life eventually your desire wants to be realized there's something about wanting something that doesn't like to just sit there and not be fulfilled and satisfied and so uh, that's why a lot of times when people think they've they've heard God say no to something and they think they've been wanting it for a long time they can get greatly discouraged Uh, over the years I've seen people walk away from serving God over the most um, to me they seem 
minor things you know uh, well he didn't do this for me or he didn't do that for me and you don't know if that's really what God wanted for you you know so there's some steps in the process that we need to make sure that we we realize before we get too caught up and too wrapped up in certain things I think many times we say we love God but we're waiting for him to do something to give you know for we us to give him our hearts fully you know we kind of hold back a little bit you don't know you're doing it don't mean to do it but that's just the way life is that's the way people are because we've been trained in the natural realm not to give full confidence and full faith to anybody or anything you know just people disappoint you and you say "Mm, I can do that myself I don't need you to help me with that you know we kind of walk away from areas where we've been discouraged and disappointed and I think the same thing relates to God not that you don't love God or respect God but but there's something built into us that we like to protect ourselves from hurt and disappointment and all those negative feelings that we feel. So we sometimes we feel if we don't put full confidence in something in God too, then we won't be disappointed. You know, it's kind of like expect less and you won't be disappointed. Don't expect so much. And then when something good happens, you you know you can enjoy it. But that's not how God operates. God operates through our full effort and our full faith and confidence in what he can do and bring things to pass so we have to learn how to train ourselves to think differently uh, when we want certain things out of life you just have to you have to realize you're in training here you're in uh, um, a place of learning and understanding Jesus said take my yoke upon you and learn of me not get everything and not try to be an expert because you've been saved for five years but to learn from me and continue to learn from me so we eventually uh, words we said words work on desires and words are forged out of desires and eventually your desire wants to be realized so you begin to speak what you want in your heart everything cannot be impossible so God gives us faith to make it possible so it's interesting when faith comes in things that used to seem great and and way beyond us all all of a sudden start to get near and that's the reality of faith it works on the unseen realm it's the evidence of what you hope for amen so if faith is evidence then there has to be a place where we uh, can transfer desires that have been dormant and seem far away that gets transferred over into a realm where we can start to perceive it so faith is like it used to be a dream but now it's moved closer to me so when faith is involved in our words those words tend to give shape and form and substance to what we desire and used to think it was way out of our realm or impossible or it couldn't possibly be done because we just didn't have the tools to make it possible see we think many times things are seem impossible because all of a sudden God is coming to your life and he wants to give you everything that part of that's true 
But the bigger part of it is when you start to use your faith toward God, these things become more real because faith starts to give substance and meaning to it and give access to it in a real way. So faith brings it toward us and brings it closer to us. It gives us assurance that we are not alone in our desire. Faith somehow gives you the impression that you have help now. Where you were by yourself before and just a wishing and hoping and sitting on the outside. Faith lets you know somebody is helping me. This is different. When I think about this thing it's different than it ever was when I thought about it before. But that's because faith has been added to it. And if it's something that you know that God desires for you then the faith is even greater. Sometimes we want to believe for certain things and it just doesn't click somehow. And that's because we're not certain that God has spoken it to our hearts. We talk about the rhema word or the word that's uh, in your heart. And so once that word begins to develop in your heart, it becomes your faith becomes stronger, more tangible. And, and the thing seems more accessible to you uh, because of your faith. So faith brings it toward us and gives us assurance. That's what faith is. It's assurance. That it's not a dream, it's not a fantasy, and we're not alone in our desire. It gives us the understanding that somebody else thinks it's possible also. You ever notice how when you when you kind of like stuff or you want something and fantasize, you don't want to say it to anybody because you don't think anybody is with you believe there's this feeling of aloneness with our desires our wants and our dreams and and so what happens then when faith comes in is that you get the impression that there's an audience there listening to you who wants you to have it too that's what God does and that is really what is happening God is there to hear your prayer hear your cry uh, and just put your trust and confidence in him and you get the impression that this thing really is possible it's not impossible anymore for me to attain this when we see others sometimes with what we want we begin to get confidence at least that it's possible for somebody you know it's not this is not an impossible thing somebody like for instance when you when they would have a career day at school they bring people who have different careers to what they call inspire us to want those careers too or just listen and see what they're really about and then you make a better decision about so being a nurse isn't just a picture of somebody in a uniform that gives you pleasure or that you admire but now this person has brought more information to you and you can actually decide you can put it together do I want to do this do I not want to do that and then eventually a decision is made so then then having a natural example of 
this thing coming to pass for someone takes it out of the fantasy realm of our thought life and brings it into a natural realm and it's like oh I remember so and so coming to my school and talking about being uh, you know a fireman or a doctor or a nurse or something like that and I used to think that that wasn't a good life but now I see you know I could really do that job I could really you know aspire to that so having a natural example inspires us but it will only take you so far because if you don't take it into the supernatural realm you will never possess it with a certainty and be able to handle all the ups and downs that come with it and this is the thing your fantasy won't get you involved in because it doesn't have enough detail for you so fantasies are are just thoughts that come to us that give us pleasant feelings that we can draw from but then the reality kind of has to hit us and you have to be convinced you can handle everything that goes with it and that's why faith in God is so important because God will not give you anything for you to lose it he won't give you anything for you it to give you problems that you cannot overcome and he will not give you anything that won't work out he can't work out to the good for you in your life and so when when uh, reality comes in sometimes we can be a little too concerned about the negative aspects of it I know I've heard people say things like well I used to want to be a nurse but I can't stand blood I said I couldn't stand it either I said but I found out that was a small part (laughs) once you get to hitting them books and have to get to class on time and have to pass this course and pass blood is the least of your fears you got me but that's the first thing that people will say because I said what do you think we just watch people bleed the whole time you're at work come on now you can at least go to lunch and stop the bleeding even in surgery they don't bleed a whole lot you know so whatever but see that's that's something that it's a negative fantasy and if somebody really desires that and has the the skills for it then they won't be able to fulfill that because there they that that one thing hinder them from getting involved in that and so that's the other thing about uh, until something moves into the faith realm the negative fantasy can knock out your desire for something you have to watch it too with negative experiences with things you know sometimes uh, uh, vows that people have made will get them into a realm where their their desire is pigeonholed because they can't get beyond the negative aspect of the vow sometimes if people say uh, you know if you you've been in a household where there was a lot of bickering and arguing and your parents divorce you may say you're never going to get married and and that will kind of take a lot of the pleasure away from life because life is made to be shared with somebody that you you dearly love and so we have to understand that all of those things uh, can hinder our life if we just deal with life in the natural realm so as believers we have access to the supernatural kingdom of God to bring us out of the limitations of the natural amen so faith in God lets you know that you uh, you have someone there with you who is there to help you and that someone is God without God's faith we would live a fantasy and have many hopes and dreams that never materialize 
we would live a life of frustration because we're desiring a better life. The fact that your mind goes to something better means that you're looking for something better. And so but we without faith you can be frustrated because that may never come to pass for you and we may never attain it. Many people who live this way either give up on life, get very, very discouraged. We see a lot of that in in all cultures where young people drop out, so to speak. They start taking drugs, uh, you know, just living from day to day, aimless, no plans, no hopes, and they're really afraid to make plans. And so if they don't either give up on life or they will be dishonest in their efforts to attain their heart's desires. So you see people start stealing or start lying or start conniving and and, uh, doing those things, manipulating other people to get what they want out of life. And so we can't resort to those means as believers. We have to keep God central in, in everything that we do. God forbids us to to desire that which belongs to another. Cause it covetousness. So we must trade our carnal desires for the desires of God. And this takes courage on our part. Because many times there are things we've wanted since we were wee little folk. you know, And, and that was going to be the best thing to ever happen in our life. And then you come into a life of God. And you might question, well God... If I give my life to you, can I still have such and such? (laughs) We all do that, you know. That's what keeps some of our relatives from serving God. Because they look at us and the devil only shows us the restrictions of Christianity. And it's not that it's a restriction. You've given that over. You've given control over to God. And they'll look at you and think, well, she don't go out anymore. She don't drink anymore. All the don'ts start to loom in front of them. And they think that that's all that Christianity is about. But as they observe you, they'll get to see that you're a joyful person. You're a carefree person. You're a person who always has a job, always, hopefully always has money. Or if you don't, you know, that's, that's, uh, that problem is solved very quickly if you walk with God and obey his word. And so we, we just have a different witness you know for people and God lets them see what he wants them to see and so God uses us to inspire people to trust him and the more we trust him the more we can show others a true picture of what life in God is all about so God forbids us to desire what belongs to another so we must trade in our carnal desires for the desires of God his are our uh Um, his desires really are very much like ours. You're not going to find God expecting something that's drastically different from what you know about life. Unless you just grew up in a cave somewhere. You know, if you grew up observing normal life with normal people, uh, those people are really following, many of them are following a plan of God for their lives. So he won't ask you to do something that's way out of line or way out of line with what you've always desired for your life. But we have to live by faith in him. And it's best to follow God's plan. To just put everything that you had on hold. And when you pick up following God, just pick up following God. Don't try to bring anything with you uh, from the old life. But humble yourself before God. I would always go to God with hands empty when I think about it. Because if you go to him with hands full, you're going to have to make a decision to let something go. 
So just let it go and see and expect good from God. I don't see any problem with anything God wants for us. I think if anything your flesh wants it too much and too fast. And and it doesn't like to enjoy relationship with God which is the greater part of your life. The greater part of our lives is our day to day walk with God is not in what he can give us. It's what he's giving us on a continual basis. You have to be sustained by those things. So we transfer our desires from the natural realm to the spiritual realm. That's all. You just pass it through the blood barrier. You know what I'm saying? You bring it under scrutiny. Bring it in front of God's light and his microscope. And see what God thinks about the things that are on your heart. That's what prayer is for. Prayer is for us to reason with God together about the things that we desire for our lives. You sit with God. You talk with him. You discuss with him the things that you think are important for your life. And you say God is this what you want me to have? Is this the way to go? Is this you know that kind of thing. And so you can can reason things out with him. You can ask him whatever you want. And, and expect to get an answer. And that answer will always be in line with his word. Sometimes God will put us on on his timetable and his schedule. And this is what kind of messes us up sometimes. Is that uh, when you think about things you want. You want them when you want them and how you want them. And But God is not like that. He will work things out after the counsel of his own will. And it's not that he doesn't want you to have anything or want you to be happy. There is no negative intent in anything God has for us. It's not withholding. It's totally giving. But giving in a way that makes sense for your life. For what he's planned for you. What he knows you can handle. So you won't be overwhelmed. So your blessings come without sorrow. And so God has brings a different level. A higher level of wisdom and sanity to our desires. It's not that they're wrong or anything like that. But he tempers them so that they will fit in with a holy life a Christian life and a life obedient to God so our words are very much a a part of what we use to form our lives Hebrews 11 3 says that by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God which means that by faith your world is formed by your words. Your words that line up with God's words frame your world. Our words give us access to one kingdom or another. So when we speak what we see in the natural and make no attempt to change it, we keep things the way they are. So if you look at something and it's not uh, a blessing to you and it's not edifying, it's going to stay that way until you begin to frame a better world, a world that God has for you with your own words. And it starts with speaking to God about your desires. You know, just have a little, I remember my dad used to say when he got saved, they would always, uh, you know, in his little church in, in Alabama, he said they would tell them uh, to go to uh, 
to meet with God. That was the way southern people did it. You know, you went in the wilderness, went in the woods or somewhere and met with God. And they sang a song that said, just a little talk with Jesus. You know, just a little talk with him. And uh, many people met the Lord for real that way. You know what I'm saying? They, they had real true conversions. They didn't have a bunch of people just raising their hands, you know, to be a part of the crowd, so to speak. It was an individual thing where they felt God would individually meet them. And that's how they related to God throughout their their lives. They just would get alone. I remember my mother many times being discouraged uh, in life and she would get alone by herself and just begin to talk with God. We knew that she needed to be alone because there was something different about her attitude and, and she would come out different because she knew that she had contacted God. So this is a pattern that we have to adopt folks. We have to adopt uh, sharing with God the things that are on our hearts and then forming the words that we're going to use to frame our world's differently after we've had counsel with God we just have to have that we must have his godly input whether you do it through uh, meditating on the word primarily but that exchange that verbal exchange must come between us and God every change that our life that comes into our lives we want to have it come through the Lord you don't want to have any surprises that come you want everything that you desire to come to you on schedule to come to you in a way that's a blessing to you you want all of that so you you need to know that change you are expecting you want it to come through God you don't want to in, in other words you don't want it to come through your human connections you know like you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that kind of thing you want it definitely to come through God I can remember when I was in the world uh, wanting to cultivate relationships with people because they seemed to be going places that I wanted to go and then I think back about it now and I said boy did I waste a lot of time because sometimes you found out people weren't going as far as you were going you know what I'm saying they were a big disappointment to you and so we we have to understand that when we whatever we want to come into our lives it must come through God if it's going to be right uh, it's got to fit in his plan for us he has a plan for us and when we shape and frame our world with our words we are just giving expression to God's plan for our lives we are not trying to create anything new and anything spectacular but you have to recognize God has a plan for your life and for my life and for every life that comes into the earth uh, I spoke about that. I, we did a, a funeral homecoming from a, for a young man that had been a part of the ministry many years ago. And uh, uh, talked about, you know, God's plan for each life that ever comes into the earth. It's never an accident. Nobody's here accidentally, you know. And, and uh, you know, the appointments that God has for us because he, he expects us to get here on earth. He expects us to live a certain number of years. And he expects us to fulfill his plan within that span of time. And so we have to be aware of this at all times times 
you know when we're in darkness I guess we have an excuse we're not aware of it but I think God gives us uh, glimpses of who he is even while we're sinners he'll talk to us he'll, he'll speak to us he'll help us understand certain things he can contact us in certain ways and so we we really need to respect and understand that our words are framed according to God's plan for our life and hopefully the things that you desire fall in line with God's plan you're not wanting something that God does not have in store for you so our words give us access to one kingdom or the other when we speak what we see in the natural and make no attempt to change it we keep things the way they are so we just kind of go along with the flow and and you know let everything that comes into life come to pass change must come through God so he has given us keys and access to his kingdom he is still king we are merely servants we have access to the kingdom we don't have rulership over it and this is what where sometimes people split hairs about what your confession will bring you and what it won't bring you we have access but these things still must come through God righteousness says access granted unrighteousness says access denied so you always want to have access granted to you for the things that God has that he wants you to accomplish and he wants to bring into your life when you stand in righteousness nothing is impossible to you and this is the important thing about and this is why I say your day to day walk with God is far more meaningful and important in your life than just getting things from him than your words producing the things that you want Uh, having that relationship and contact with God is the main basis of everything that we need because that's what helps us maintain righteousness and nothing's ever denied to a righteous person that's why when Jesus speaks and says ask anything in my name and I will do it he's speaking because righteousness is what's dominating the conversation it's not whether he likes you or whether you do everything right or whether you say the right words or not say the right words but when you when you see promises like God like that in the Bible being spoken in such a broad way like that what Jesus is saying that I'm looking at something beyond just the one who's asking I'm not looking at your resume your history or anything like that I'm looking at you as a righteous person and to righteous people nothing's ever denied nothing that comes from God is ever denied to us because of his imputed righteousness so my my thing is that maintaining righteousness is probably the single most important thing that we can do in life yet it's it's not faith is always put above righteousness which they are one and the same at a certain level spiritually speaking but righteousness is maintained through faith through our obedience through what we focus our attention on through how we meditate and all of those things there are certain ways to discipline your life so that righteousness is maintained you can't live an unrighteous life and have an 
iniquity in your heart and see God answer your prayers. And so Christians have to be careful that they stay on the right side of God so that they have access at all times to his kingdom. That they can believe that the things that they desire will come to pass because God has heard their prayer and they believe they received when they prayed and now God can bring it to pass for them. Righteousness helps us maintain access to God and to the good things that he has for us. And so when we talk about maintaining righteousness we talk about maintaining availability so that when God is ready to release something to us we're in a position to receive it. So righteousness really maintains you positionally to get the best that God has to offer. Amen. So he will give you exactly what you expect from him in his word. If we will walk this walk with confidence, yoked to Jesus, the easy burden and the light yoke, and live that carefree life that God wants us to live. When we come to God, it's good to come to him in faith and not burdened with the problems that we have in life. And so if we can come to him in faith knowing that he has the answer then righteousness prevails. So righteousness can be experienced in in many different ways and many different levels. But one of the key levels to, to maintaining righteousness is to expect God to do good. If you expect good from God at all times and you don't think you've done anything and he's punishing you and peeing, well maybe I don't have it because I didn't do this right. That's the righteous. That's not a righteous thought. Righteous people go to God and repent and say, God, you know, if there's something that I'm missing here, I've done wrong. Please forgive me, and I want to put on my righteousness now and step up and talk to you as a righteous person, receiving what's promised from the Father to a righteous person. And this is the way you maintain access. This is the way your words become words that are powerful that will bring to pass the things that you desire and you can count on God when you go to bed at night there's nothing wrong that you you're perplexed if wondering if he'll fix it for you you just know he will and so these are the things that we want to uh, have available to us in life we want to think this way we want to believe this way Jesus died for us to be full of his faith his confidence and his power if Jesus didn't worry about food when he walked every day, he, we're not to worry about food either. You understand? He knew where every meal was coming from. It was coming directly from heaven. And he knew his father would take care of him. And this is the way he wants us to live. Confident that God will take care of us. Not because we do everything right. Just really don't ever get on that road folks. Just stay off that road. Because the minute we think that's the the reason we wind up doing something wrong and then where are you? You know you're out of the race because you've eliminated yourself because of wrong thinking about righteousness. Righteousness is a garment that we wear. Jesus paid for us to wear the right clothes to the throne room. 
And so when God sees you in the right clothes, it's access granted. It's never access denied to a righteous person. So if you are doing the best you can before God and all of a sudden a thought comes to you, well, why is it taking so long and I must be doing something wrong? You got to repent of that thought and say, God, now that didn't come from you. That did not come from you. Because righteous people know that everything's right between them and God. And if God needs to correct you, he will correct you. But he never casts you out. You're never a failure. You're never thrown out of the game. You're, you're always in the race. He wants you to complete this race. And he has provided everything to help us to do that. So if righteousness says access granted then it's important that we walk that righteous walk and it's not hard. It's just you know governing yourself in such a way that you stay close to God. You don't err. You don't get influenced by worldly people that you might meet in the workplace or you know any of your neighbors or anybody like that. You always hold up that standard of God in all of your dealings. Our words from then on cannot be altered if we are to obtain the promises. So once you start believing God for something, get yourself locked into it. You know, don't waver. And don't move and don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't let time talk you out of it. Don't get weary in doing good. Keep doing good. You know, sometimes we we do good and we want to pat ourselves on the back. You know what I'm saying? That wow, look what I've done, and we think everybody else is supposed to feel the same way. And when we find out they don't, they just treat us like normal, like they always have. Then we're a little upset with everything. And so we have to, you know, in this walk with God, you can't stop and and pat yourself on the back too long for doing things well, and you can't uh, beat yourself up for what you don't do. You just have to stay in that righteous mindset of I'm walking with God. God's helping me to do the things that I do. He's always going to be here for me, and He's never going to leave me. And and that's the extent of it. You can't um, capture words. That tend to bring you out of fellowship with God. You can't go down that road and separate yourself from God uh, through unrighteous thoughts about yourself or about anybody else. And so we have to maintain that. Uh, and once you lock in to something you desire from God, you have to stay in that mode until you obtain it. You can't one day say, well, uh, I'm, God's going to bring me a, a good husband and the next day say, I don't want to get married. You know, but I hear people say it all the time. I think they're double-minded about a lot of things. And what does the Bible say about that? He's unstable in all of his ways. So, you know, you don't want that. You don't want anything else either, you know, for any long period of time. And all those people need to do. Now, double-mindedness, you're not cursed with that. You just need to make up your mind you're going to go all the way with God. And, and to stop entertaining thoughts that would take you away from God's promises to you and his mandate to be with you and never leave you and forsake you our hearts must contain connection with God you've got to be given over to him in your heart which means we can't harbor ill thoughts ill will or uh, anything personally damaging against another individual we have to confess our faults and have faith toward God 
Always be willing to acknowledge your wrongdoing. You know when it's pointed out to you. You know Holy Spirit starts to show you you know be kind to so and so. You know even though you don't feel they're being kind to you. Then you have to do that. You know it doesn't cost you anything. And confess you know God I'm I'm just letting this stuff get, get way over what it should be in my life. I'm going to stop this. You know forgive me and help me to get over there and stay over there where I belong. We, uh, if we have to have uh, confess our faults and express faith toward God, and these are by daily habits that we cultivate in order to maintain righteousness and obtain all that God has for us. So by maintaining, you obtain. So that you're able to stay in a place and see this this keeps you from having to wonder about every little thing you ask God for. Is that coming? Isn't coming? If you maintain righteousness it's all coming. You got me? It's all there. And so if you this will shortcut you from puzzling your brain about one little thing that happens in your life that you can't seem to get over. Uh, if you If he blessed you with everything else he'll bless you with this you got me this isn't this isn't big to God I remember we used to talk about the biggie you know there's one thing in everybody's life they think I got to get this from God or it's just not happening for me and uh, the biggie you know years come and go and the biggie still didn't hear but we're still walking with God amen amen because that's the way life is there's nothing big and little to him it's all good you can have it all he, if, if he didn't mean it he wouldn't have promised it to us and so we can have everything see we put a value on things that's your carnal mind saying this is bigger than this over here you know uh, there have been things that God has done that that I know took diligence and prayer but that's no bigger to to him it might have been big to me because I felt like it took a lot of effort but it's not a big thing to him because it's just one in a, a series of things that God wants to do on the earth and he may use your prayers and your faith to get them done so our hearts must maintain connection with God that's our righteousness and we do it through confession of our faults and faith toward God daily and we must have daily habits that we cultivate in order to obtain all that God has for us so it's good to uh, let your mind you know we're used to fantasize about things that you didn't have start fantasizing and, and putting in your memory some of the good experiences that you've had in worship with God it's amazing how those thoughts will escape us very quickly and then we can remember you know oh I went to that rest that was some good chicken over there that was some good corned beef over there you know we remember those real quick but then at some times we, we, we have to dig real hard to remember good times that we had in the presence of God you know and those should be as sought for as are the things that connect us to uh, you know normal life to life here on earth the the natural things that we get enjoyment out of our spirit man wants to enjoy spiritual connection with God 
and your spirit man is the one who is expressing the things who is uh, framing your life with his words and so you have to let your spirit man dominate through constant connection with God and and there are ways to connect with God on a regular basis Psalm 119 and verse 11 if you'll turn there says thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee blessed art thou O Lord teach me your laws so we are learning God's laws and his ways the writer here says I keep your word hidden in my heart for this purpose that I may maintain righteousness that I might not sin against you means that I maintain righteousness so meditating on the word and keeping it hidden in your heart keeps you close to God it keeps God on your side where he can help you he can speak to you he can make your words his words he can tell you what words to say at what time uh, to make an impact in the things that you need the things that you need spiritually speaking Uh, there are times when I confess the word a lot because I need to get healing stirred up in my body or get something else a little closer to me and and that kind of thing and then there are times when it just is by unction you know I feel like I don't have to say them a whole lot or or, uh, keep confessing the word because it's it's a time thing you know there are certain things that are set on a time schedule for us and and sometimes that word will come to us to speak into that situation uh, right on time where we hadn't said much about it in the past at all uh, I know that happened to me when I had to buy my house it just took so long for I kept running back up here to Cleveland looking at houses and, and you know running back to Detroit and my house there hadn't sold yet and I was thinking about it and I kept thinking I can't figure out why this hasn't happened yet see an unrighteous thought because I couldn't believe that God would let me do all this and not have that house right there next weekend and many times I said that well this week this is going to be the week that I'm going to, you know how we do, all that false prophesying we do. And uh, knowing in our hearts we don't really believe that is going to happen this week because it wasn't really faith. Now it was repeating what I desired but the faith to make it happen wasn't on there yet. And so sometimes God has to test our faith to see and many times we, we ask for so much stuff. If God gave you everything you asked for, every time you asked for it, your house would be so full. They, they call you be on one of them hoarder TV shows. You know what I'm saying? And so he has to uh, temper our desire and our faith with his plan and what works out for us. And there are times when your faith will be uh, at a level 
where it edifies you and encourages you. You ever been there? Like you'll 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 get discouraged about something, and then you'll start telling yourself, "But God, you said," and then you start to build yourself up, and that faith for self edification is there. So you need to understand that faith does different things for us. It's so perfect because it's God. It will come into your life and do what's needed at the time. And so there are many times where if you're discouraged and you start speaking the word to yourself. It will get your faith back up there where it was when you first prayed for it. And then you can walk in peace that it's not too late and it hasn't moved away from you so so and and God controls the volume of our faith if you will or the purpose for which we're saying these words like many times people we've gotten so robotic sometimes in our learning about the things of God we'll say well confess the word but nobody ever says to whom what for and what it's going to do for you and so you and and see if you're a wise person in God and you're a a student of God you're studying you're learning and you're understanding you'll start to dig in and try and understand now when I when I got discouraged or you look back I've done this before and as I've done this with people where they'll call and say well I'm I, I don't feel good pray for me this that and the other and I said now you need to do that yourself speak that to yourself this is part of learning I'm not mad at you because you call me And I'm not being mean to you. My job is to teach you that you have the faith in you right now to get a symptom out of you. How on earth are you going to get your neighbor healed if you don't start somewhere? And so I'll help that person to understand that releasing their faith over their own natural situation will bring them to a place of peace about it again. And so that's what you do when you use the word of God for self-edification. You are seeking peace about that and eradication of the symptom. See? And you do that often enough and you'll find that one day those symptoms move at your word. You don't need my word to do it. It will move at your word. Now that doesn't say I'm going to let you sit up in pain. See this is what we're afraid of. When when fear grips us we're afraid it's never going to get any better. But it always does. You see what I'm saying? But God is trying to teach us his ways of doing these things. So we have the power. We know how to use the power. The power is there. It's sitting in everybody. But we have to learn how to put it together and have confidence that God respects faith and not persons. You got me? He respects faith and not persons. And you have to learn the difference when God says call your pastor because you need her help with this. And when he says start speaking the word to yourself so that you can bless yourself and you can come into a place of peace no matter where you are and what time it is. And so these are the different, I call it volumes on the faith scale that God uses to help us. When you need faith for 
for self-edification, it is there. The reason God gives us the word is to help us in all situations. It's just like, for instance, if you can, you see a traffic accident somewhere and you begin to pray for those people, you are releasing faith for intercession to intervene to help others. You can do the same thing and intervene to help yourself. And that's what we do. Many times I was a young Christian. I'd go to church and I'd just have a whole list of stuff I needed prayer for. And I remember one day one of the ladies said, well, we prayed for that already. And I said, yeah, but it hasn't happened yet. She said, well, this is where you start thanking God for giving it to you. And it opened up a whole new door for me to understand that I didn't have an emergency every time my brain said it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but it's not an emergency. It's on schedule. It's on time. And you need to reassure yourself that it's on schedule and on time. The way you do that is through ministering the word to yourself. You the first recipient of the word of God. And these things we have to have confidence in. We have to do these things. Now I know it's counter to what you've been taught and what you might think. But just take on a new thought sometimes. So faith has a certain temperature to it or volume to it for different reasons. You want a volume that will bring you into the same peace that you had the first time that you prayed about it. You can get that. Then that's the only thing that's wrong with us. What's wrong is not that we haven't received it yet, but how we feel about it. God's not going to give you everything you ask for the first time you ask for it. He's not going to do it. So it's always an expression of a desire for you. So that you can know that God is in control of these things and he is a good God. If you can sum it up that God has been good to me, then you have, you're on the right page. You got me. You're not missing anything and it's not an emergency and it's not something that won't happen good for you. So we have different ways that we can connect. Oh, I was telling you about my the situation with my house. Well, there were many times where I had to use my faith to, to edify myself, to bring me out of a bad mood. You got me? I would be discouraged. I'd be wondering. I'd be wavering. Then I'd think to myself, well, it's not going to happen today. You know, I'm just going to trust God for the next time. And just go about your merry way. Get confident. Get assured. God didn't tell me to worry about when that house was going to sell. And when I get my other, he told me to trust him. And so when you find yourself wavering and away from God and getting unrighteousness in your thinking, then you have to bring yourself back and edify yourself. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Everybody turned against him. You've never been in the position that he's been in. All you've had is a little discouragement, a little disappointment, a little delay in what you thought the time was. And you found out it wasn't time yet. God has the time in his hands. And so when we think like that, we have to bring, you took yourself away from that confidence in God. Now you've got to bring yourself back. And so David, the Bible said, encouraged himself in the Lord first. And then he inquired of God what to do. If you don't do it that way, say you go to God discouraged and upset. Then all you're going to hear is more words that are going to discourage and upset you because you've got that spirit hanging over you. 
But if you encourage yourself in the Lord first, you go to him in righteousness, expecting good, and good will come to you. All you're going to do is sit up and hear more discouraging thoughts, and God's not speaking those things to you. So you won't hear from God until you get over in his realm and have faith and confidence and expect to hear something that encourages you. Never go to God discouraged and expecting him to confirm your discouragement. You must go to him expecting good and good will come. Man, because he only has good for us. Amen. And so when we we go to God and, and so eventually I got to the point where I was talking to God again about my house but I wasn't discouraged about it and I just thought to myself I said God really I've never talked to you about what you want from me I've been concerned about where it is what it costs what can I do with it will it fit all my needs so I realized one day God knew all of that and whatever he planned for me fit all the boxes you know it took a while it fit all those boxes and I said God just give me a house that's and I said the words wonderful but they didn't come from my head they came from my heart finally you know your head can block your heart from expressing what God wants you to have it really can you can be so knotted up and tied up in your brain that it totally quenches your spirit man from expressing what's going on and God through his mercy allowed me to finally ask in faith for what I really wanted because you don't ask for just enough or you don't you don't expect just barely not when you're trusting God he always gives abundance and it's funny now I can I can connect with that in so many different areas of life but for some reason with this house thing it got to be like a great big thing to me and I realized that it's the same it's the same size every every promises of God coming to us is the same size it's not big it's not little it's not unimportant not important it's not the biggest thing the greatest thing it's all the same to God because it comes from his heart to bless us so he doesn't see things as more challenging for him to bring to us so we need to stop looking at things as more challenging for us to expect him to do so in Psalm 119.11 it says we meditate we hide the word in our heart meditating on that word will give you a level of comfort and security in God and expectation so that when you speak the words they are powerful words they are faith words and they will bring about the desired result in your life you've got to fill your heart with the word of God for that thing to be powerful and for it to be right the other way we keep ourselves close to God maintain righteousness is through thanksgiving crabby people can't get close to God he allergic to crabs you understand what I'm saying so we can't we you couldn't buy a ticket to get close to God when you're in a bad mood so you have to approach him with thanksgiving you don't have to be thankful for a specific thing just be a thankful person 
You know what I mean? Just gratitude. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, God. You woke me up this morning. Thank you, God, for saving me. I'm just thankful, period. Whatever comes into my life, I'm going to give you thanks for it. Because there will be times you can't think of anything to be thankful for. But you can be thankful anyway. I thank you that you promised me to get me out of this. (laughs) Tomorrow will be a better day. I thank you for that. So Philippians 4, if you'll turn there. And this is a powerful scripture to remember when you're tempted by the enemy to think that God is not going to come through for you or to think that you've done something to cause him to totally reject you and it's over for you you can't it can't be fixed this is for when you think it can't be fixed let's see Philippians 4 and verse 6 he says don't be he said, be careful for nothing or don't be anxious for anything but in everything by prayer supplication with thanksgiving and I would say put thanksgiving at the head of the list you got me go in thankful first he said just let your requests be made known to God just be thankful to him Father I thank you you've given me access into your presence I thank you Lord you've made me a holy person who who you welcome here I'm welcome in your presence anytime Lord and I'm thanking you for hearing my prayer you know you don't even have to hear me you've heard me and you said if you hear me you know I have what I'm asking for I thank you for all those guarantees Lord I thank you for your word that tells me that I am your daughter and I'm an heir a joint heir with Christ that you've given me all things that pertain to life and to godliness you haven't left anything out of my life these things what I'm asking for you is not new but I have to ask you anyway Lord I need reassurance that you heard me and you're going to do this for me and then you make your request known to God you know you edify and be thankful and that's how you stay close to God thankful people are close to God amen and if they give thanks to him verbally not like this Oprah Winfrey stuff be thankful and she's thanking all the ancestors and all these weird people she don't believe Jesus he'll tell you that in a minute oh I know I have many gods out here you know so but you know at least she got enough sense to be thankful she knows she doesn't own anything started out with nothing I'm sure the devil reminds her of that on a continual basis you know anyhow the other way to stay close to God is obedience. John fourteen fifteen. Jesus said, if you love me, prove it. You prove it by doing what he tells you to do. So we're not rebellious against God's laws. And doing things with a pure heart gets you even more. <laughs> do it with the attitude as I want to do it. Amen. John 14 verse 15 says if you love me keep my commandments. He says and then the comforter will come. Isn't that wonderful? You got somebody to help you keep God's laws. You're not having to do this on your own. So that means you can't take credit for it. (laughs) And you can't feel too bad when you mess up. 
You know what I'm saying? Because you know you have another chance because there's somebody helping you. Maybe you didn't let the Holy Spirit help you the way he wanted to. You thought you should have to do it on your own. You know what I'm saying? And so you realize that there is help for you to keep the commandments of God. It's wonderful. That's where there's no penalty. It's just a matter of you yielding to him who's helping you. So showing God love keeps us in his love. So when you obey God you show him love and he gives you more love. As you sow it you reap it. And that keeps us in the love of God. When we do obedience to God. You show God I love you. Jesus what can I do for you today. And we know what things to do. You know you operate in the fruit of the spirit. You owe no man anything. You want to want to make sure that, that you don't leave a, a trail of, of disaster behind you. As you walk through life. You know not that any of us do. But you know you want to make sure that you bless people. You encourage them. You say things to them that will leave them better for having connected with you and not worse and so we have to do that kind of thing as we walk in in uh, uh, in agreement with God the things that Jesus would do we know those things there may be some things that God will challenge us to do that may maybe not be too comfortable for us to do but with his help we can do them anyway just all remember always remember you're not alone in in this walk of obedience to God you have a helper the Holy Spirit is there to help you to do the right thing. I don't care what it is. You know, I, the Holy Spirit helps me cook. He helps me, you know, get better ideas for doing everything. I mean, just all the time giving me help uh, for for different things. You know, I, I like to do things well. I don't like to just say, well, I couldn't get it. I hate that. I hate it. Yeah. And you know it's just it just comes out of a a fleshly weakness that God has delivered me from. So I don't give excuses. I don't like that. And I because I feel that God is powerful enough to help me to keep my word in things and help me to do things well. And so I I just like to complete things. I like to do them in a way that that glorifies God and gives me peace that I've done my best because I'm a servant of God. You know, it's that kind of thing. And so, you know, we have to to cultivate that attitude that the Holy Spirit is there to help you with everything. I don't care what puzzles you, what gives you, uh, uh, and I try to lock into that all the time. You know, when when you when you're doing things, you're doing little projects, even little projects around here. I expect God to help me to think those things through. I'm not in a competition to be the best with anybody. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to lord it all over anybody. But I depend on God to give me the right way to do things and to accomplish everything. So so I don't like being perplexed and confused because I know it's not necessary. Because God has an answer for everything. We trust him and walk with him. The other thing is seeking God. Amen. Always seek him. What What are you involved in? Find out how he wants you to do it. Find out how he would do it. Find out what goal God has and what the assignments he gives us to do. What is his goal in assigning that to us? What does he want to see accomplished there? It's good to want advancement and it's good to walk to want prosperity. But don't get angry about where you are now. You got me? Uh, that, be thankful. 
God, I thank you I got a job. I look out here and people, it's people just everywhere looking. Some have quit looking, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I thank you that I have work to do. And let me get myself in my right frame of mind. Let me get out of this little thing. You know, the enemy can't come to you. If he finds you getting uh, um, content with God, he'll come and stir up something. You know, you can count on him to come and give you an idea to take away your contentment. And so what you want to do is grab hold of your contentment and get it back. And you do that through thanksgiving and you also do it through seeking God. Let God know what you want. Let him know what you expect. Let him know what you need. And he will definitely give you the words to express what it is that you desire to him. And also the words to keep you edified and encouraged as you go. Our words at some point become God's words. When that faith for that thing is imminent, our words become God's words. If we hold if we hold the same word through testing and the trying of our faith, we have confidence in him and the kingdom opens up to us because of our words. So at some point your words will tip the balance and get you over into receiving what it is that you have been asking God for. So it just is you and you gotta be tried. You know, you can't get it just by confessing, confessing, and have an easy road. You're going to have many roadblocks to that word, and, and you want to show God you believe Him still. And so you just keep confessing it. Sometimes it sounds hollow and it don't even sound real to you. But you keep saying what God says because there are times when the enemy creates an atmosphere of doubt and unbelief around us he'll bring people to you to say things that will try to get you off track and you think well how did I get in this mess well you're in it but God has a way to get you out of it and that's the important thing see if you stay with what you believe and you stay with what you first asked for and you don't change that's always what God's looking for he said did they let the pressures make them change their confession or did they hold fast to their confession of faith if you hold fast to it God will honor you he will bless you for it because that's that's pleasing in his sight and so if we'll do that then we'll definitely be able to call the shots and have what we need and, and, and give access have access granted to the good things that God has for us every single time amen praise God father we thank you and we love you and we respect you we respect your word we respect what you want to do with your word what you can do with your word and we love you Lord we bless you we praise you and we thank you for giving us all things that pertain to life and to godliness thank you Lord for our health thank you Lord for our prosperity for our jobs for good jobs Lord that are a blessing to us thank you for property thank you for home ownership thank you Lord for maintaining good property and having everything that you've commanded that we have in our lives and we honor you and love you for it in Jesus name amen and praise God if anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray for you praise God I just need some true worshipers to stand to your feet right here come on Ooh, yeah, bye-bye.